0: Hello, and welcome to Not Our First Rodeo, a podcast on faith and life by Christian women who have collectively made every mistake in the book. This is a Titus 2 podcast by King of Kings PCA, and we hope this episode is edifying to you as you continue to grow in holiness.
1: This week's episode is Community Part 2. Join Gail, Linda, and Kara— as they help us to unpack the importance of community and its role in our Christian walk. Welcome back to Not Our First Rodeo. Again, it's me, Gail, and Linda, and Kara. And last time we spoke about, we discussed the topic of community, and we are going to finish that topic today. So this is community part two. Last time we talked about the difference between individualism that we see in our culture and how that is an antithesis to what God has called us to be as a family. You know, and a community together. So we're not going to repeat all that. But we didn't have time to finish all the great things that there is to say. And we won't finish even this time, but we'll get closer. Why community is important. And we're going to focus now on how to interact with each other, behave with each other in biblical ways that facilitate growth and community and love and all the things that church community was meant to be. So we're going to start with encouragement. Encouragement. Anyone out there feeling that life has been really hard lately? I hear that a lot. Mm-hmm. More than, there life's always hard. Jesus said, "You will have tribulation in this world, yeah. but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world." But there are some particulars of our time and place right now that are hard. Tell me about encouragement. How, what does that look like in the church? How does it function?
0: Well, the Bible says that we're spurring one another on when we encourage each other. So. You might be going and living your Christian life just fine, but you. everyone grows weary when you're running a race, but just to have someone you know, hand you a cup of Gatorade lets you get the last half mm. mile, and that is very true in Christian encouragement. I love the race analogy that you just mentioned. Well, it's, God, so he it's it. God's. It's yeah. God's. Yeah. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I just stole it from the Bible. <laughs> yeah.
1: The, the Christian walk is compared to a race. Mm-hmm. You know, run in such a way that you
0: may win. It's one of my favorite analogies. I don't run anymore, but I used to. And when you're running, you understand that scripture. You, you're you tired. You're exhausted. Your lungs are burning. Your heart is... You're not sure it's going to stay in your chest. Your feet hurt. And you're like, okay, if life is a race, then I shouldn't be thinking it's comfortable. I shouldn't be thinking that it should be easy mm-hmm. and, you know, girl, wash your face. Everything's going to be great. Like, just get some new jeans. That's not... We just don't see it laid out in scripture. And I'm sorry, I know I'm always that guy. but No, it's good. <laughs> it's just not there. And I, I don't like it when the world sells me lies because it's hard enough to do it just walking with truth. It's hard enough to stay upright mm-hmm. and not fall down and trip over. So when I realize I've bought into some lie from good distance, that bothers me. And so I've always loved the, the race analogy because it, it makes sense when I'm tired. It makes sense when mm-hmm. I'm out of energy. It makes sense when I'm downtrodden you know like oh well because i'm running mm-hmm. i'm in a race oh that's why this is happening it means you're
1: in the battle you know yeah. you're in it so encouragement linda
2: preach oh, it. you know i think um the great thing about being a part of the body of christ is that we're not all in the same place at the same time mm-hmm. right i can be down you can be up and you can encourage me proverbs says you know a three-strand rope is not easily broken and that when one falls his friends can pick him up and um, that's just a critical piece of being in relationship with each other the other part side of that <clears throat> is the willingness to let your need be known
1: mm-hmm.
2: and mm-hmm. that's really hard right because Our culture is all about self-sufficiency, all about pull myself up by my bootstraps, all about, I can do this. And we can't do this by ourselves.
1: Mm -mm.
2: We need help. And it's hard Mm -hmm. to ask for help when we're in that position. That's really good. I, I like that.
1: You know, it is hard to ask for help. And when you think of the opposite of encouragement is discouragement, right? And we all know we have an enemy, right? Right. And he has a tackle box and he knows what lure to choose to entrap each kind of fish. But I think in his lure box is a lot of discouragement, and I think he uses that on everyone because I think everyone, no matter what their strengths or weaknesses, can be prone to discouragement. Because life is hard. We live in this fallen world. Bible says it's groaning. Not just us, the creation is groaning. Mm-hmm because it's not how it should be. Now, with Jesus coming, and this is where the encouragement comes, right? When Jesus came to earth, now he brings his kingdom and he is making all things new. So every single thing we're discouraged about will one day be made right because Christ will reverse the effects of the fall. And we can. Enc- that's what we need to be encouraging one another with, right? Like yeah. words like, you know, empathizing what they're, you know, what someone's going through and then saying, but God,
0: yeah, this isn't
1: forever. Hang in there. I love you. I'm going to bear this burden with you. Have you ever had anyone bear a burden with you? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: It's humbling, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But what an encouragement.
0: Yeah.
2: Anyone want to explain one of those times? Oh, well, I talk about this all the time, but (laughs) it's good. When I broke my leg, I came home from the hospital with the limitations of being able to sit up in a chair with my leg propped up in a certain way one hour a day. And other than that, I was to be in bed with my leg propped up a certain way and ice packs on it. Now, that makes self-care impossible. Mm -hmm. I needed help for everything. And when I contacted the deacons at my church they said well here's a website that will help you do that and just send out an email and ask is that the caring bridge we We use caring bridge. bridge yes and but just send out the email and ask for the help you need and that was the hardest thing and yet i couldn't survive without help. You were needy. You had to And have my friends, my church came around me. They literally for months did my grocery shopping, did my laundry, did my cooking, did my changed my sheets on my bed, helped me get in and out of the shower brought my meals, stayed overnight with me, kept me entertained. I mean, there wasn't anything. That they didn't do, they took me to physical therapy, they took me to church. I broke my leg in April, and the first time I was able to get out of the house by myself was the 10th of August. Wow, that's like a solid four months. So all that time,
1: people cared for me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What a beautiful testimony of how the church community is supposed to operate, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the whole idea of encouraging one another. Hebrews says, encourage one another day after day, lest you be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. So we have these physical needs that we need encouragement with, right? And there's also our own sin that can be very overwhelming from time to time, right? Right. And how much we need each other to remind ourselves, Romans 8.1, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You know, all the verses that talk about being forgiven, we encourage each other that way too. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about Bible study last time. You know, often someone who really unbeknownst to them, they say something they have no idea, but they just mm-hmm. deeply encouraged someone else because of what mm-hmm.
0: they've shared. I know for me, um, I am a pretty efficient person on my own, but if I wasn't in community with people who just said, "Do you need something?" do you need anything? I would never ask myself that question. I just, it's just not a question that comes into my head. So I I think that there are people out there's got to be some, um, someone else on the planet that's like me and doesn't really see themselves as a person who needs encouragement. But even the reminder that you should, I think is, it's helpful for me just, and if I wasn't in community, I wouldn't have that reminder of, yeah, do I need help? Do I need something? And that's, I don't often have that. Agree. Who
1: was, uh, was it Barnabas who was called the son of encouragement? Or something? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Barnabas. And so Barnabas, Paul, you know, we think of Paul, great writer, theologian, and pastor, really, of the New Testament. Okay. He needed encouragement. Mm-hmm. This world throws some mean punches our way. Yeah. And to have someone just sit with you through the trial, know they're praying, know that you can call on them, you know, call on someone within your community, Will you pray for me? I am struggling with this sin or I'm watching my child struggle with this and it hurts. You know, we can we build one another up and that's what we're supposed to do, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the thing. I think as we do that and the world sees us encourage one another and we're going to talk about service to one another, which they over they overlap, right? Mm-hmm. They're not these separate categories necessarily. The world should look at look at us with a yearning and a longing. That's how beautiful. The church community should be. It was designed to be a beautiful community, right? Let's transition to service. Ephesians 4.12 says that God has given us spiritual gifts to equip the saints. Hmm, what does that mean? So our gifts are meant to what?
0: Equip saints. Equip saints. Not yourself. Not, Not necessarily except. yourself.
1: Right. So any gift we have is to benefit the body. So you can't really To say, you know, here's another case for being part of a community. It's not something you can do in your bedroom other than pray, probably, right? I mean, you can maybe set something up on the computer. But overall, we are just, even that means we're connected with someone, right? So we're to use our gifts. A young woman came to me um, a couple weeks ago, and she was very excited because, new Christian who, I want to serve. I want to serve. And she had like a hundred ways she wanted to serve. How exciting, right? You want to take that. That fervor and inject it to the pew sitters who, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, all of us grow stale sometimes, right? We have to watch that. I gave her a gift inventory and she worked through it. You know, we worked through it together and certain gifts popped up, you know, three or four that were, yeah, these are your main gifts. And how exciting it's going to be. She's going to be using those and she is already to serve the body. Mm -hmm. We should be tripping over one another, right? Serving each other. Anything you also want to say about that, about the whole gifts?
2: Well, I think we always go back to, um, you know, Abraham was was blessed to be a blessing, ultimately to the nations. Yeah. So we're not serving just within the church. The church is serving everyone in mm-hmm. myriad ways. Right. And I think it's easy to become really insulated and think that I only have to interact with people in my own community. And that's just inaccurate.
1: So we get built up in our community, in our church community, and we serve in there, but then we can also export that. Right. Right. And that's part of evangelism. It's part of what you just said, being blessed to be a blessing. So that's huge.
0: I think sometimes people don't necessarily see a gift in themselves. And so they do nothing at all. But if you're in community, someone else may see or recognize a gift in you. and Or, you know, on the flip side, some we kind of get this idea that if the, our gifting needs to be this big, huge, massive thing. Whereas most of the time, we just need a whole lot of people and a whole lot of hands. And so if you're pulling back on your gift, it isn't for the church. It isn't for the others. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just not being used. And, and someone else is dropping something because you didn't step up. Yeah. that that does happen in the church and i don't think we talk about it enough that someone else has to carry two things because you thought your mm-hmm. one thing wasn't enough to do to pitch in
1: that's really good and we see a lot of workers in the labor field of you know the lord churches particular who are really really tired because you know when we serve in the area of our giftedness it's really different than when we're serving in another area and you know what Sometimes we're called to do things out of our gift set, right? Right. There's a need, and we do our best. But
0: in the parking lot, That's, it's no one's real fun gifting, but everyone's supposed to do it.
1: Right. And some people have the gift of helps where they like that kind of thing, and they're really good at it. Um, Did I lose my train of thought? Oh, but nothing, I mean, really, it, it excites me the most about being in women's ministry. I'm almost, like, intoxicated by the variety of life and creation that God, every person is so different. Your head is almost like you can't even comprehend it, right? And then to see, you know, I work with women, it's the whole church, but in women I see someone who steps forward with a gift and they're they're serving in the area of their giftedness, it's an amazing thing to watch. And and you know it's not you. Our gifts are not from us. They're given by God. Everyone has at least one to be used for the body. And I think that's a beautiful picture of of the body. You know, the hand can't say to the foot, I don't need you, Paul says in Corinthians, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we need every part of the body and how beautiful it is when that functions together.
0: You know, last year I was in that wheelchair all summer and I, it really made me think of how I had certain giftings, but not being able to use my legs at all. I kept having to ask myself, well, what would I have to do without legs? Well, what would I have to do? And so it made me think of how may I have certain giftings, but am I stretching out and getting more comfortable with things I'm not as comfortable with? You know, I think there's an element of that, of growing in a way that you, you're not as comfortable in, and, and allowing yourself to see what God would do, you know, by doing something that you're not typically gifted at. Yeah. Maybe you don't do it a million times, but to, to stretch, stretch out and see what God would do with it, uh-huh. um, I think is an interesting idea.
1: I think it's good, too. And I personally love when I see people in leadership positions just getting, putting on their work boots and breaking down tables or something. You know, I think, uh, what a great example, you know? Yeah to be involved. There's really no menial task before the Lord. And someone might be listening right now and saying, well, I don't know what my gifts are. Talk to your leadership. They would love, and I mean love, to help you figure out where to serve. And say, you don't know, you could do a gift inventory or not, but start serving and God will show you where you're gifted. And usually you can tell within a relatively short amount of time, like, oh, I get a response to this. I'm good at this. This isn't pride. You know, it can be, but this idea, no, this is from God. And he's made each of us each of us differently, to function with our gifts inside the body. Let's um, let's go forward. We'll leave gifts and serving one another now, and talk about how we act with one another in terms of how we get along. Because we all know the horror stories, right? We know how awful we can be to one another. Mm-hmm. We can be best friends, and then something happens, and it goes downhill, and. And it doesn't take long. We need to guard against that, right? The peace and purity of the church is so important. Mm -hmm. Now, gossip is a huge problem. We'll cover that separately. But I want to focus right now the idea of forbearing and forgiving. What is forbearance?
2: Forbearance is, I think, being willing to absorb a slight rather than bouncing it back to the other person it's being willing to just take it in without a need to retaliate yeah it's like overlooking right Mm -hmm.
1: we don't have to confront everything that's done wrong right that just think if god did that with us we wouldn't want to get out of bed in the morning right so there's an idea that sometimes we might feel a slight or maybe someone said something and we could take it two ways and then we choose to take it the negative way, mm-hmm. that's extremely destructive. And most of the time, if you go back and ask, that's not they didn't mean anything bad by it at all. Yeah. And then we're stewing because, and Linda, what you said is because it's usually because we feel slighted or we weren't given the honor due to right. us. You know, we, we say we want to be a servant like we talked about just previously, but we don't want to be treated like a servant, <laughs> right? That's a whole other issue. Um, and forbearing, this is something we can work on and practice. So when we forbear... We don't have to tell anyone, well, she or he did this, but I did this. Now, not every talking about thing, you know, something is wrong. But far too often, we don't do this. We don't forbear. We take offense and we build up, oh, just one more thing where well, I'm not going to be close to that person. That shouldn't be in the body of Christ. Do you remember when um in Romans 16, I believe, Paul confronts, I'm going to murder their names. So I think it's Eodia and Sync- Decay. Mm-hmm. How do you like that? For my Greek pronunciation, it's probably bad, huh? But how Paul says, you know, stop your conflict, basically. You know, for the good of the church, put that beside you. Right. I need to work at that.
0: Well, I, what's, I never know the verses, but the one, you know, why is there quarreling? Why is there strife amongst you? And it's because you, you have not, or no, that's not the right one, but it's because you had expectations and they weren't met. And I think that is probably why we stopped forbearing, is we had an expectation and this person didn't meet it. We, we wouldn't do this with kids. You don't do this with your babies. You're not like, yes, they kept me up again. We you don't expect them not to, you know, uh, or potty training a kid or something. You don't, we don't have, we're forbearing with them. We're allowing, we, as Linda says, we're absorbing the irritation, the inconvenience. We're absorbing that for the sake and the benefit of someone else mm-hmm. who doesn't, who doesn't know. And I know I'm not saying adult, mature Christians don't always know better, but a lot of times it's, it's not, intended as anything. It's just Christians living out. And we're all kind of babies forever and ever until Jesus comes home. So, or brings us home. But like, we're not willing to do that. We're not willing to just say, I will take the inconvenience. I will do this. We, we kind of, you know, get our hairs bristled up and we're ready to go fight over something that really, why, what do you gain out of it? And somewhere in our minds, we've decided there's, there's some benefit to going for and being bitter or being angry or Starting division or something like that. And it just never plays out delicately.
1: And you are so right. And most of the time, there is not much substance to what we're feeling. Mm
0: -hmm. I know
1: I, someone, you know, over the years, you know, people thought I've slighted them. And during those times, it was, I was going through such a crisis in my family or in my life to even be there, took everything. I couldn't concentrate. So it's not like, you know, in my head I'm going, listen to them, listen to them, look into their eyes, listen to them. But my heart is breaking and raging into it. All I can think about is I'm going to go in the car and bawl my eyes out.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: doesn't mean I don't love that person or what they were saying wasn't important, but I was overwhelmed by grief or whatever. And everyone is fighting battles. Mm-hmm. If they don't give us what we need, it's typically not about us. There's, yeah. Think of like movie theater screens, you know and there's a screen for your family there's a screen for your emotional health for your job all these are happening at the same time in people's lives and spinning around them and life is complex communication is complex mm-hmm. we need to be cutting slack like nobody's business and if we don't do it in the church it's not healthy and it's not you know we we're just too hard we shoot our own sometimes
0: yeah I, it makes me think of you know i know we're talking about in the church but in marriage if you got ruffled about every single thing. You are not going to stay married for longer than 15 minutes. It, because I I love my <laughs> husband, but he can annoy me without zero effort on his behalf. <laughs> oh, <Not laughs> just a look. He doesn't even have to be trying to annoy me. And I could turn a corner wrong, and guess what? Now I'm irritated. It doesn't take a lot for us to get irritated, and we have to at least take accountability to know that about ourselves. And to know, yeah, I am sensitive about X, Y, Z, and so when those things happen, I have to pull back on that a little bit and, Mm -hmm. you know, or we won't have these relationships for very long.
1: You're right. We will be,
0: we will look behind
1: us and see one burnt bridge of a relationship after another. And that's sinful.
0: You can be in a church full of people and still not have fellowship because you have been offended by every single thing. And there's, there's no one in that room who doesn't have the potential to offend you in some way.
1: And we are offending as well.
0: Right. Highly, I am highly <laughs> offensive. Yeah.
1: So we think, oh, this is annoying. And then you have to think, well, I'm annoying. I, I want, want people to, to love me.
2: <laughs> right. I, you know, this makes me think of when Mark Latterback was here and preached and he was talking about conflict and how when we're involved in a conflict with another person, we tend to see ourselves as the Christ figure <laughs> and the <laughs> other person as the devil. Right? hmm And that, we think we're right because we understand or we think we understand our motives, our intent. And so we judge the outcome of an interaction. We judge the other person based on the outcome. We judge ourselves based on our intent. Hmm, so I'm always willing pretty much, to give myself some grace. Well, of course. But... (laughs) You try so hard. But I'm (laughs) not always willing to give the other person grace. Yeah, And they are in need of grace as much as I am. We joke at our house. I would agree with you, but then we'd both be wrong. And
0: (laughs) we're only saying that because we understand the the quick ability for pride to be almost anywhere at our house at any given moment.
1: Any given moment. And you're all...
0: Right there, yeah, and I, I think with conflict that ha, that's just it's it you have to know it's there going in. If you think it's not, you're fooled. Yeah. Well,
1: we should probably wrap it up. There's so much more to say that it's almost frustrating, right? But we don't want to be cramming everything in. Mm-hmm. We could talk about forgiveness and a bunch of other things, and I think we even we have one coming out on forgiveness I that we'll so. cover yeah. that. But that's important in the body of Christ as well. You know, maybe an application from all of this is you know pray, thank God for the gift of community. Thank God for the church, its leaders, for Jesus giving us this institution for our own good, for joy, for benefit, for growth, and maybe praying and asking God to show us how we can be operate better within the community for his glory. Amen.
2: Amen.
0: That is my heart.
1: What a great reminder about the importance of community. We absolutely need each other the Christian life demands faithful perseverance. Praise God we have the body of Christ to bear with and for one another as we persevere together. If you enjoyed this Titus 2 podcast by the Women of King of Kings Church, consider subscribing. See our show notes for more information about King of Kings at our upcoming Women's Conference on April 23rd.